Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Whispering Woods podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And today's episode is all about Krampus. Yeah. Okay, so do you know much about Krampus? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Well, we watch the film every year, don't we? On Krampus Night. It does that sound it's like something else then, didn't it? It's nice. Um, yes, we do. Yeah, you're going to watch it with me this uh, this week? Which no, one? I'm joking, yeah. <laughs> well, it'll actually be, this episode will be coming out on Sunday and it's Krampus Night on Monday. Right, I've done an introduction to this piece. I've also included some information about Yule or Midwinter as well, because it kind of is related so, are you ready? Yes, I am. In Central European folklore, Krampus is a Christmas devil who visits on the eve of St. Nicholas Day to punish naughty children. He's also known to drag an unfortunate few back to hell with him in a basket carried upon his back. Some children are merely whipped with birch tree branches, known as switches, whilst others serve as supper to St. Nicholas's rather unconventional companion. The name Krampus may have evolved from the German word Krampen, which means claw, and this half-goat, half-human demonic monster is thought to have been part of the pagan rituals performed around the winter solstice, with legend saying that Krampus is the son of hell, the Norse god, the underworld. Yule is one of the oldest winter celebrations, and with Norsemen being hunters who spent much of their time outdoors, they worshipped the sun and saw it as a will that changed the seasons. 
The word for this wheel was Hul, and it is from this word that Yule is thought to have derived from. At midwinter, the Norsemen would sacrifice cattle, gather around bonfires, drink sweet ale and tell stories as the long nights would again begin to shorten. The Huffington Post says, Until the 16th century, the winter months were a time of famine in northern Europe. Most cattle were slaughtered so that they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter, making the solstice a time when fresh meat was plentiful. Most celebrations of the winter solstice in Europe involved merriment and feasting. On Yule, the Druids would cut mistletoe from the sacred oaks and give as a blessing as the greenery was seen as a symbol of life during the bleakness of winter. The Celts also began the tradition of the Yule Log as they believed that the sun became still in the sky for 12 days during midwinter and would light a log and bring it inside to banish the darkness, repel evil spirits and bring good luck for the coming year. Yule would last until January and many would gather with food and drink to celebrate the return of the sun. The wild hunt, which has many names across Europe, is associated with Yule, and it is said that witnessing the wild hunt, which was led by either a mythological creature or the devil himself, would precede a major catastrophic event, such as a plague, or at the very least, the death of the one who bore witness. But this is a story for another occasion. Christianity replaced the Yuletide festivals and Krampus and St. Nicholas became associated with Christmas, with both having their very independent roles to play. In stark contrast to St. Nicholas, who brings well-behaved children gifts in December, Krampus brings punishment to those who have misbehaved. In Germany and Austria, children will leave a boot outside of their homes on Krampusnacht, the 5th of December, and in the morning they will either receive gifts for being good or a birch stick. On this night, which translates as Krampus night and falls on the eve of St. Nicholas Day, it is said that the fire must be kept burning so as not to risk a visit down the chimney this undesirable beast. But Krampus isn't the only beast that turns up around midwinter. Amongst others, there is Frau Percher, the Witch of Christmas, who was said to roam the countryside at midwinter and can appear in either of two forms, that of young and beautiful or old and haggard with one unusually large foot. She would enter homes during the 12 days of midwinter, particularly the 12th night, to also punish naughty children and those who continued spinning wool and flax over the holidays. She was particularly concerned with girls who hadn't spun their allotted fibre for the year. If the children had been good and kept up with their chores, she would congratulate them with a small silver coin. If not, they would be disemboweled 
with their stomachs stuffed with straw and pebbles. Uh, is this coming out on Krampus Eve? Yes, it is. Indeed, it, indeed, it is. And um, it's as as I said earlier. This episode will be coming out on Sunday, and Willow will be staying on Monday. So, do you reckon we should get one of our little welly boots and put it outside? Yeah, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, just think we should celebrate everything these days because you never know what's coming around the corner. <laughs> According to some articles that I read as well, they think that Christmas Eve ghost telling stories actually originates from that time that was spent around the fires for midwinter. Because you have to imagine there there wasn't a lot to do and all of the farming and stuff like that, mind you, they were hunters, so but that time was a time of like going inside as best they could and spent huddled around a fire. Without TV and mobile phones, I guess storytelling would have been prominent. Storytelling's still really important anyway within societies, pass stuff on and teachings and stuff. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I've also chosen our Christmas Eve Victorian ghost story as well, which I'm really excited about. Cool. Yeah. I've got a thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone saw the wild hunt in 2019. What, you mean because of COVID? Yeah. Quite possibly. Never thought of that. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to put a tweet out. <laughs> yeah. Talking of social media, by the time that this podcast, this episode is live, we'll have done our ghost walk, you know, the whistling walk. Yeah. So if anybody wants to see that, that will be live. As long as somebody doesn't get COVID or sick bugs we've had in this house, we've had a chest infection, we've had to work so far. So hopefully none of that will happen again. And we can get the ghost walk done. Yes. Or has she got a large foot? <laughs> I know, it sounds quite funny. Well, because um, she sort of stems from goddess beliefs. And she actually spun. You know, like I've got my spinner, my spinning yeah. wheel. Um, and not, not on that one, because that's a double treadle, but... She, you know, they would have had a single treadle, which is the step that you press on, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. to spin the wool. Yeah. Um, because she did that so much, her foot got massive. Oh, maybe mine will get massive. Yeah, <laughs> and I can run around the village, disemboweling naughty children. You'll be one of them. You'll be the top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> right. Are you ready for the first story? On Christmas Eve of 2013, my family were having a Christmas party at a small ranch located near our home. I invited a few of my friends, Alan, Bruce and Edgar. After fixing up the ranch, ready for the festivities, our guests began to arrive by around 8pm. My friends and I went straight to the house before joining everyone as we wanted to play Injustice and after playing for around 30 minutes we heard some branches break outside 
This stopped play for a few moments, but we brushed it off, thinking it was probably one of the guests having a smoke or something. A further 30 minutes into the game, and the sounds started up again. This time, the breaking noises startled me. They were in such close proximity to my bedroom. It was like someone was walking around out there and had stopped just outside of my bedroom window. With the blinds down, I couldn't see anything, but placed the PS4 controller down on the floor and asked, You guys heard that, right? Alan, grabbing the controller, asked what I was on about and continued with the game. I was genuinely frightened at this stage. I didn't dare open the blinds, not really wanting to know what was out there and just watch the game, but my mind was obviously elsewhere at this stage. A few minutes passed and I could hear heavy footsteps pacing around. They were accompanied by a putrid smell, kind of like rotten eggs. It was at this point my friends all looked to me, as they could hear and smell it too. I told you I heard something before, I said, as I cautiously walked towards the window. Reaching out for the blind, I could hear whatever it was out there quickly begin running away. So I opened the blind as quickly as possible and saw a shadowy figure dashing off in the distance. It was human-shaped, but extremely tall, and slightly mesmerised, I stared after it in a state of shock. Turning to my friends, who had all turned as pale as I had, I asked rhetorically, What the hell was that? Shaking their heads at me, Bruce said, Whatever it was, it's still out there. And I nodded, grabbing the flashlights, as we all made our way to the front door. Cautiously going outside to look around, we could see loads of broken branches, and that's when we saw the footprints. But they weren't footprints at all. They were hoof prints, and they were everywhere. We continued walking around, shining the flashlight. All of us were now extremely scared, but being teenagers, there was an air of false bravado. At the front of my house, was a small street which was dimly lit as we lived in a semi-rural area and it was from here we began to hear the sound of chains being dragged down the road. Alan said, We should go to the party where everyone is as the noise grew louder. Nodding, we all started to run towards the ranch. I couldn't resist one last glance behind me towards the street. I pointed my torch towards it, and I still don't know why I did it. What I saw still haunts me to this day and robs me of my sleep. It was a monster. It stood around eight foot tall, and I could just make out its features. It had a goat's face with eyes as red as blood, and it was all black with hooves instead of feet. And like a rabbit caught in the headlights, I froze, 
unable to move or even scream. It stepped towards me, and I saw a chain was wrapped around its right leg, as if it had been chained up somewhere but had managed to break free. That's when the adrenaline finally kicked in, and I ran as fast as I could to catch up with the others. We bolted through the ranch doors, looking petrified and eyes wild. The guests at the party turned to see us all panting and in a state of shock, but they pretty much continued on laughing, eating and talking. We all took a seat at one of the tables and began to explain to everyone what had happened and what we'd seen. They didn't believe us and thought that we'd just frightened ourselves out there in the dark. I relented and agreed that they were probably right, but I know what I saw and I'm 100% sure of it. I will never forget that goat-like face and red eyes until the day I die. The following week and after some research, I found out that what we had seen was a thing from old folklore called Krampus, or at least it was something very similar, as it resembled the description so well. I read that Krampus is half demon and half goat, and that's when it dawned on me that the rotten aroma hadn't been eggs at all, but the smell of sulphur, which often accompanies those from hell. My friends and I don't discuss that night anymore and what we saw, but every once in a while, around Christmas time, I hear the sound of branches breaking and chains being dragged. It's changed Christmas for me now, and I no longer feel happy at that time of year. I'm full of fear. You should be careful about myths and legends, as some of them might actually be true and they can harm you. Stay safe out there, and Merry Christmas. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I want to touch on another strange going on a local strange occurrence um that happened in devon i think it's in the 1800s because they mentioned there about hoof prints in that story now back in the 1800s there was an occurrence where people woke up in the morning and there were hoof prints in the snow mm-hmm. that in itself not too scary but these hoof prints went up the side of walls, over the top of roofs, back down again, and went across fields. And it was 
they went on for between 40 and 100 miles. Oh. And nobody knew what it was. So it was called The Devil's Footprints. We won't cover it in an episode because it's been done to death. Um, I heard about it years and years ago. Actually, when I was chatting to an historian on the bus stop, as you do, um, who told me about it. But it's, it's really interesting. I mean, there are several explanations for it. Um, some of them have been debunked, but it's worth a look. And I will leave a link in the description should anybody want to have a little research of their own. And just just to confirm, they were definitely devil's footprints. I'm not interested in any other explanation, scientific explanation. Just no. All right. Nope. They were devil's footprints. Yeah. Yeah, so the... They continue with processions celebrating Krampus and Frau Prüchter, um in Austria and like Bavaria, um, Germany and stuff. So they have like Krampus runs and they have parades for Prüchter, which I just want to say as well, because this happened before you were born, when myself and Willow and Maisie lived with Nanny and Bob for a time. And Willow. No, no, you weren't born, so Willie wasn't born. Did I say Willow? Yeah. No. <laughs> when Maisie and George, we lived with uh, Danny and Bob in Minehead. Yeah. Now, one of their fake traditions is a hobby horse that does the rounds um, on May Day. I think it used to come around at midnight. But Bob had told me that if you see the hobby horse... Um, the hobby, hobby horse is quite, it's like a big puppet that people wear, but I'll, I'll leave a link to a picture of it anyway. Um, but if you see the hobby horse, so you'd hear all the bells, you know, a bit sort of um, Morris, Morrissey men type custom. And she told me, if you see it, it brings you bad luck, right? Mm. So I heard it one night because I was staying there. And... I was in bed with George on one side, only little, and Maisie on the other. She was about five, and I heard it. <laughs> I wouldn't get out of bed to look at it because I didn't want bad luck. But then she told me, yeah, I think it was years later, she told me that she made it up. It wasn't bad luck at all. <laughs> and that is the same bedroom that I had that experience in. With the sleep paralysis. Mm. Yeah, I reckon I've something in that room. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Boogie. Yeah. Right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. Okay, this is just a little one. If something is dead, it will never come home again. If it does... It might just be the devil coming to get even. My grandfather was a tank commander in the German army and would always complete his stories of that time with this saying. I was really frightened that he'd been part of the Nazi army, but he assured me that he had run away before it had come to it. When the war began, he was posted to a small village on the mountainside of Slovenia, along the Austrian border. He was assigned to keeping watch for Slovenian freedom fighters that he would eventually sympathise with 
in an effort to escape the army. Months rolled by and the coldest of winters set in and my grandfather learnt all about the legend of Krampus. Surrounded by the enemy in mountains, it was a bleak existence. And one evening, on the coldest of nights, my grandfather had to witness a Krampus walk. This involved around 50 to 60 of the villagers, all parading as the devil and carrying torches. There was no sound by the noise of chains worn around their necks. And I noticed that my grandfather would change when he spoke about Krampus. His eyes would take on a haunted look as he remembered how himself and his men felt at the time. They were heavily armed, sat in tanks, but scared witless. One night, during this time, my grandfather had been the only one awake when the marching came to a standstill as the villagers approached the tanks. He saw the opportunity to throw his weapon down and try to reason with them. I can't remember much of the story after this and I'm not sure what was agreed with the villagers. But after this exchange, he finally escaped the mountain region and then went on to meet my grandmother. A few weeks ago, my grandfather passed away and I went to his home to clear up the house and pick up some of his things. He'd been living alone since my grandmother died and had very few belongings. These consisted of a bed, books and a rocking chair from where he used to sit and tell his stories to me. I was considering keeping the rocking chair. I had visions of me sitting with my own grandchildren, sharing stories and spending time with them. But that soon changed. If If something something is is dead, dead, it will will never never come come home again. again. If If it it does, it might might just just be be the devil coming coming to get get even. even. These words echoed in my head, spoken in my grandfather's hoarse tone. And as I opened up the door to the living room, I saw the chair gently rocking back and forth on its own. It was creaking and screeching, and the voice in my head got louder and louder. It It might might just be be the the devil. devil. Is that how my grandfather escaped the mountain? Did he sell his soul to the devil? I can't get this out of my mind, and I need help, please. It's well foggy out there. I know, I love it. Yeah. It reminds me of Brigadoon. What's that? Well, Brigadoon is meant to be a village in the Scottish Highlands that only appears once every 100 years. Really? Yeah. And you can go in, you you can actually go in and visit. I'm saying it like we're just popping down the local shop. Um but if anybody leaves, it will disappear entirely into the fog. Ooh, yeah. That's weird. There'll be loads of like Scottish legends and Welsh legends Yeah. Andy Becky was always really frightened of the fog. Why? Because when we were little, I think it was a postman got murdered in the fog. Really? Yeah. What, where you guys live? 
Well, I don't know if it was in, in Bristol. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to have a look. I'll look it up. But yeah, she wouldn't go out in it at all. Mm. I think once she did have to walk home. Yeah, we probably weren't that little. We were probably like teenagers. And yeah, she had to walk home. One day I can remember really, really thick fog coming across. Um, and I remember, I think we were all going into West Bjorn train in the pub, and we were catching the bus and you, the bus driver couldn't even see in in front of him. It was that dense. Yeah. But we get it up here, don't we? Like the... Because we're on top of a hill. Yeah. <laughs> when you go out early in the morning, everything's frosty and it's just white. You can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it though. Have you ever had any strange experiences in the fog? Nah. You want some? We can go for a walk. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Too cold. I'm nice and warm right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty cold out there. Right, well, that is the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us again for some fabulous folklore stories. Yeah. I've got oodles of ideas. Oodles and oodles of ideas. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we will catch up with you next week. Yes, goodbye. Take care, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.